a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you've been called to. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And jumping ahead to the beginning of chapter 5. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Jesus loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I wonder if you've had that experience where someone loves you. And amazingly, they know you. They know what you're really like. They know you at warts and all. And they love you anyway. And and you know that there are times when that's been hard. Hard for them to love you. Maybe because of ill health. Maybe because of your bad behaviour. At times, you've not been able to offer them very much in return for their love. And yet they've loved you. They've loved you anyway. The the choice to love you has come from them. The, The power to love has come from them. You've not been able to give much back. They've loved you. See, that is the kind of love I think that we crave. It's uh, the love people write songs and, and books and, and films about, isn't it? It's, it's not an easy love to find. Because it's not a very easy love to show. I think when people know you, warts and all, and they love you anyway, the delight in you anyway, it's wonderful because it's human love that most closely resembles uh, God's love. I wonder if you've had those moments in your Christian life where God's love has so gripped your heart, you've realised what it means for him to love you in the Lord Jesus and it's just taken your breath away. It might have moved you to tears. The the realisation that Jesus loves you because he loves you. Uh, Even though you have nothing that he needs, even though you can't give him anything back that he wants, he, even though he knows you warts and all, he loves you. You don't deserve it. You're not easy to love. The choice to love comes from him. The power to love comes from him. Even though it costs him going to the cross, he loves you. Because he loves you. When when the Holy Spirit pours the knowledge of that love into your heart, it can leave a speechless pattern. See, love like that, it is extraordinary. It has the power to change your life. That's what the New Testament says. When Jesus' love comes into your life, it has the power to change your life, how you live and um, how you love. 
Uh, and that's what Paul's talking about here. Uh, most of what we're going to be thinking about this morning hangs on just verses uh, 1 and 2 of chapter 5. It's there at bottom left. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Paul's saying that being beloved children, live a life of Jesus-like love. Uh, remember, God's uh, been telling us in this letter to the Ephesians that uh, his project, his great plan is to bring people together in Christ he's bringing about people who have a new identity they're part of God's uh, family and so they live a new life in Jesus they're called to, to live out who they are now to be most truly themselves so they're not to live like the world anymore, that was last week wasn't it uh, and last week ended with uh, a description, if you like, of, of what most truly being ourselves was to be like. Now, it's in bold at the end of verse 24. Uh, this new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, what does that look like? To, to bear this family likeness, to bear the image of God, to, to live out his righteousness, his holiness. Well, uh, we get it there at the beginning of chapter 5. To be like the God whom we're created to be like, we follow God's example. And we live a life of love. Uh, a couple of things for us to see. Uh, Paul says, as dearly beloved children live this life. So as always in the Christian life, what we do flows out of who we are. And who we are flows out of what God has already done for us. So it's as beloved children that we love. So we, we don't love our brothers and sisters in Christ in order for God to love us. No, it's out of a rich experience of God's love for us that we love the people who have now become our brothers and sisters. It's that way around. We don't summon up love from within ourselves. We overflow with the love we have ourselves received. That's how the gospel works. We are new creations. As God's people. And so now as a fish swims, as an eagle soars, God's people are to love. Because that is who we are. Uh, I want us uh, to briefly focus on that phrase, Jesus gave himself for us. Uh, before we uh, confess our sins together. Jesus gave himself for us. Two things I think flow out of that. that the pattern uh, for Christian love and the power uh, for Christian love. Uh, firstly, then the pattern. Jesus' love is the pattern for our loving. Jesus gave himself for us. See, Jesus, his life was the life of perfect love. You want to see what love looks like lived out. You want to know what true righteousness and holiness look like. Well, look at Jesus. And how is his life of love summed up? He gave himself up. For those he loved as a sacrifice. Uh, the pattern we're given then is a pattern of self-giving, uh, sacrificial love. 
this love sacrifice. So, so often we love in order to get love or to get something in return, don't we? Uh, we love people who are in some way lovely, who are in some way able to uh, perhaps confer respect or belonging or uh, admiration on us. Uh, we love the people who make us laugh, who bring us joy, who offer us sex or security or whatever it might be. We love and we get something back. Uh, you read books on uh, relationships and they talk about uh, keeping school. Talk about uh, paying into somebody's uh, love account and then making a withdrawal. Uh, talk about being buckets that are sort of filled and then pouring out, all this kind of stuff. Uh, we love, we give out in order to receive. Jesus gave himself. Jesus didn't love for what he could get. Jesus doesn't need our love or our friendship or our worship. It's important to get that. God God isn't lonely. Uh, From eternity past, uh, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, they have uh, delighted in one another. They've been fully satisfied together. Jesus, God, the Son, he doesn't need the church. He doesn't need lovers. He doesn't need worshippers. Yet God, the Son, comes into human history to invite us to share in that love and to be satisfied in him as he is completely satisfied in the Father and the Spirit. He invites us into the love that we were made to know and which our sin and rebellion against God separates us from. And he does that not needing anything from us. He just willingly gives himself as a sacrifice for our sins to to bring us to God. In love he gave himself for our greatest good. That is the pattern, says Paul, for this life of love that we're called to live together. Now, we know, I guess, if we've lived any length of time, that is a pattern we cannot follow. Not on our own. There's a reason all these books on relationships talk about deposits and withdrawals. They talk about as being leaky buckets that need love to be sort of pouring into us. Because we aren't made to be able to keep giving out. Uh, We aren't made or able to be satisfied in ourselves apart from God. We are needy. We need love. We need affirmation. We need belonging. We need to be delighted in by another. That, it seems to me, is why the self-esteem movement ultimately uh, doesn't provide answers. Because you cannot live your life saying, I don't care if the world hates me, I love myself. You cannot live like that. Because you're made to live in relationship. We're social beings. So how can we live this life of love that is self-giving and sacrificial? How can we keep giving out to other people and not run dry? How can we avoid ending up in a place where you've got to say, well, actually, that person is too difficult for me. They're too damaged for me to love them because I'll just run out of love. Look again at verse 2. Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. See, Jesus' love is the power for our love. See, as Christians, we, we don't give out and end up dry. Why not? Because Jesus loved us. And because of him, the Father delights in us. 
Jesus died. He gave himself up. He sacrificed himself for your greatest good. So that you might know and enjoy and live in the soul-satisfying love of God. He did nothing to deserve it. He can now do nothing to lose it. It's this love that sees you to the bottom, that knows you and loves you anyway. And if that love is pouring into your life, then you can overflow into the lives of others and not run dry. It means you can love people who are hard work and you can love people who are different from you. And keep going when you don't get back the love you were hoping for. And you don't get back the affirmation or the esteem or the security or the belonging or the whatever else that you need because you don't need it from them because you're getting it from him. See, Jesus' love is the power for our love. So it seems to me then, a community of people, this picture that Paul is painting of, of, of God's household uniting the spirit where we love with this Jesus-like love, expect that to be an amazing place to be, wouldn't you? An amazing place to be. We want to have high aspirations for one another in the way that we love each other. We want the world to see, actually, these people aren't just loving because it's comfortable and easy. Because they're needy people and they're getting what they need from one another. That's just human community. Paul says the church is something different. The church is a group of people where God has poured out his love into their lives through the Lord Jesus. And so they love in a way that the world cannot love. Because the world doesn't have Jesus' love. His love is the pattern for our loving. It's the power for our loving. So self-giving, sacrificial love is the mark of church life. And it's different from being nice. And it's different from being lovely to people. It's giving ourselves. And keeping giving ourselves. Uh, We're going to have a a bit more of a think about uh, the bit on the right-hand side um, uh, a little bit later. Uh, but as we go into uh, confession, we're, we're going to sing as part of preparing our hearts, reminding ourselves uh, of the sins that we've committed that would, by rights, push God away, that make us unlovely to him, that make his love for us undeserved. But as we uh, say sorry to God in prayer, we want to be remembering the Lord Jesus who gave himself up as a, a sacrifice that we might live in God's love. Uh, why don't we stand and sing? Two sins uh, have we committed.